We're back. Oh my God, we're back. How how long have we been off? Since 2015. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's been a month. It's been a month. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a month. month. We had we had the holidays. We had my birthday. We yeah. missed doing an episode for my birthday. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy birthday. Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Dia de los Reyes Mago. Merry Dia de los Reyes Mago. Todo Happy eso. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Are... Happy Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? I think That's I think it. we covered it. I think we yeah. covered it. Um, I I um, another there's a, a lady in some countries um, that's. It's she Santa? likes Santa Claus, but she's it's, a lady. It's Santa Claus, it's Los Reyes, and then there's somebody else. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We're gonna have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, happy everything. Happy everything. What uh, what we want to talk about today, since we're gonna we're gonna start the new year off uh, with a predictions episode. So this this episode is really about us talking through what we feel is gonna happen this year in terms of games yeah. and gaming. Um, and uh, we're going to get, you know, uh, a couple different perspectives and I have some topics, but I wanted to start with uh, what has already happened. So, I mean, we're already 17 days into the new year yep. and, it, and and already in 17 days, <laughs> there's been so, so much many stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'll start with the one that's top of my mind since, you know, I'm a Blizzard mongoloid. I think the best, the one of the best things to happen and best and worst, right? Okay is Bungie saying peace out blizzard and we're gonna go do our own thing yeah and uh taking destiny with them what it, that's incredible it's not it's not that Bungie said hey activision blizzard i'm done um i mean that we've seen that happen before right um but keeping the franchise of destiny and yeah. the publishing rights yeah. From Activision, such a powerful, you know, um, corporation. Right. Um, it's huge. It's huge. But what do you think are going to be the implications? Because, I mean, right off the bat for me, that was like, this is so cool. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Destiny's going to be better than ever now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just going to get better <laughs> now that they don't have this, uh, the, um, the Activision Blizzard, like, umbrella over them. But there are other things, like... Well, maybe they won't have a, a, the resources, right, exactly. to do what they wanted to do. But I don't know. I mean, Bungie was doing really great things before they were with Activision. But where did that... Well, I mean, they were owned by, by Microsoft. Microsoft. Right. So that was totally different. And so they were getting money they from were Microsoft. funded by Microsoft. Then they did the deal with Activision. They were funded by Activision. Right. Where... I'm wondering uh, um, how much actual money did they get from you know sales and 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 dlcs and and all that i don't know did all the money go to activision or did they get something we know that they got an investment like a hundred million dollars from a chinese company right um so but apparently what i've heard and read is that that's to develop a new ip Mm -hmm. which you know Probably is is that they're gonna develop a new IP, and off of that they're gonna fund uh, everything else or what? I don't know. <laughs> Let's see what happens. But for me, it's good, mostly good news. Yeah, uh, and I can't wait to see what the, they come up with. Yeah, I I hear you. I you're right. You know, Microsoft was 
the uh, the, the the you know basically the owners of Bungie yeah. for a long time, and I feel like it's a good thing for Bungie and a bad thing for Activision. At the end of the day, um, you know, I don't know. I just think about um, it's it's, and I'm reading a little bit here. It's been ten years um, yeah. since Bungie and Activision have been married. Um, and now that whole deal came to fruition because of the idea that they would be launching Destiny. Destiny was in the hopper for a long time as, mm -hmm. as a development title and then as like this preeminent title that Bungie um, developed. So honestly, a lot of that stuff is just going to be on Bungie to see where they go with the yeah. rest of their uh, talent and their company. Yep. It must have been a really, really uh, interesting deal to say we're leaving. Um, we're taking our people with us and we're taking destiny with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how they, how they did that, how they were able to do that. I um, mean, there was uh, some conversation, um, about how unhappy Activision was with, uh, destiny results. So, yeah, I mean, speculating here, um, maybe Activision wasn't that interesting, interested anymore in the franchise. Yeah. Um, because for them, I mean, even though Destiny has been doing great and it yeah. was one of, I mean, Forsaken, I think last year was in top 10, um, sales, uh, overall sales in, right. in the year, um, you know, in the industry, not only, uh, Activision or Destiny. Right. But, um, and, uh, one of the other things, one of the, one of the other things that, oh, we have a special guest. It's Henry Gomez. What's hey, up, Henry? Hello. How you doing, man? I didn't mean to interfere with the podcast. No, it's all good. You're not interfering. We have guests all the time. Okay? I screwed up your podcast. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Special guest no, no, appearance. No. Actually, we're going to include it. Yeah, I'm not going to totally, cut it out. It's got to be included <laughs> at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ivan is here, too. <laughs> we have our uh, VP creative director, our, uh, our director of planning, so... We had all the all the folks that were coming here. You know, interestingly enough, I know that's a that's a I think probably a good segue. We we are still recording here at the agency. So yeah. of all the times that we recorded last year, we went to your place, we went to my place, we recorded here, we in recorded the in the game room. I think we've come back to this spot because this is this probably sounded the best. Yeah. And um it just feels really cool to be able to record it's, here. It's nice. I'm willing to deal with my boss walking in yeah. on us. And and here's the fun, the best part. My boss just walked in on us recording a podcast and he was like, oops, my bad. You know, what kind of job do you, does everyone, you know. Else and have? then my boss came in And then your too. boss was like, what's going on? Yeah, so, and now they're both leaving together. So that's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just to go back to uh, the Activision um, Bungie thing. So from, from, what I, from what I know, obviously Bungie had to pay Activision to cut that contract early. Oh, really? My, my question is how much is they had to pay? Yeah. You know, I don't know how much they paid. Um, I, I would imagine it's probably a lot. Uh, and what I felt, you know, once I heard the rumblings of Bungie not being happy, I was always like, okay, they'll leave. But again, the fact that they took Destiny with them was the biggest surprise. Yeah. And that leaves a big hole in the Activision <clears throat> portfolio. You think so? I feel like it does because, first of all, let's just talk about our own experiences. Um, you know... We, we have a lot of friends that, that play Blizzard games, that play Activision Blizzard games, and play Bungie games like Destiny, right? Mm -hmm. um, imagine all those people that only play Destiny, like you, for example, 
that didn't really play WoW, didn't really play Heroes of the Storm, didn't yeah. really play Hearthstone, didn't really play Overwatch. Only started playing Overwatch Only started recently. playing recently because we started playing together. Mm-hmm. But really, you were playing Destiny, Destiny. and yeah. JM Thumb, yeah, playing Destiny. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's almost like if Bungie's taking you guys away, like bye, see you later. You know, yeah. you've been exposed to Blizzard games now, but but your heart is in Destiny. Well, there's one thing too that I never felt uh, playing Destiny. I never felt like I was playing a Blizzard game. Right. So tell me about that. I always felt I was playing a Bungie game, mm-hmm. um, and um, Activision was there. But for me, especially on P- on PS4, yeah. For me, Activision and uh, Activision Blizzard didn't actually play the uh, big role. I mean, I I had the game. First thing I seen uh, when I uh, when I start the game is Bungie, and then I play Destiny. So the role of Activision Blizzard wasn't that huge. Now, when I go to PC, when I move to PC to play on PC, it was different because there's the launcher. And, and in the launcher, you have a very clear branding of Blizzard, the Blizzard games, and then the section that says Activision, mm-hmm. and there you have Call of Duty and, and Destiny. But mm-hmm. I never, for me, I wasn't that aware that I was playing a game that was published by Activision. That's an excellent point. because or Blizzard. Like, playing WoW, oh, I mean, it's very clear that you're playing an Activision Blizzard game. Right. Because the branding is there, even when you start up the game, it's right. a huge logo everywhere. Yeah, blizzards everywhere. Um, but for with Destiny, that didn't happen to me personally. I feel like Blizzard's taken Activision Blizzard's taken a lot of hits already. Um, yeah, you know their stock is at like forty something dollars. Two Their stock has been dropping. Um, granted, it's not just a Blizzard thing. Like if you look at uh, Ubisoft stock has been falling. If you look at um, EA stock has been falling. So it's not really just an Activision Blizzard thing. But my my comment about it's leaving a hole in the portfolio has a lot to do with what you're saying. You have talent leaving Blizzard. You have you have Mike Morheim that just left right this year, the president. You had Chris Metzen that left already a while yeah. back. You have Jay Allen Brack, who's now the president. Um, but 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 not to take anything from him because I think he's great. But this is also a guy that has been controversial in the past, like in terms of some of the decisions that he's made for World of Warcraft. So in Silicon Valley, you have a lot of cross pollination. You have the guy that goes from Facebook to Alphabet. You have the guy that goes from Uber to uh, you know to um, whatever company. You know, there's so many companies out there. But I guess my point is, Uber, where, where? well, I'm I'm just saying, like it, it's Airbnb. It's, I think I think it's Airbnb. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Um, uh, as as a, as a, you know, some of these executives that um, are already out there, mm-hmm. you know, and they're talented, and you know, companies kind of gobble them up pretty quickly. But my reference to a hole in the portfolio is yes, they're taking away this intellectual property, but Blizzard has a problem creatively right now. They have a creative problem. Well, you know, and and that's where I want to get your perspective. People. Well, creative is people, right? So so going back to the whole fact that a lot of people are leaving, you know, where does that leave Blizzard? Number one, they have people leaving. So creatively, they're going to be starved. I mean, you're talking about brain drain, right? Where like yeah. the few people that you have left have probably been overtaxed at this point. Um, and then on top of that, you you can add the fact that we as gamers expect a lot from these companies, you know? Yeah. To hear that hurt that Heroes of the Storm is not getting any esports support, I was like, "What the fuck's going on here? This <laughs> yeah. is one of their best games, and they're all of a sudden not supporting esports." Um, to hear that, uh, the, you know, going back to the Diablo Immortal thing, 
you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to have to witness that whole shit, you know, and, and then laugh about it afterwards, you know, like it's been one train wreck after another. Yeah. So it's sad for me because I love this company and I want them to succeed, but I almost feel like they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. And so how do you, as a company, forget about gaming, like just as an entity, um, how do you start to rebuild you're creative. How do you start to inspire people? I again? think I think there's. I, I've been thinking about all this. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be answering your question, uh, but you you because I'm not an expert in the, in 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 the area. I'm not a, a an executive, but I was thinking about this kind of stuff when I you know I walk um, home and I come walking from home and when I walk I you know I I. I think I'm listening to podcasts, but mm-hmm. I just realized that Your this afternoon that thinking. I'm actually thinking and the podcast is like background music. Um, anyhow, but I was thinking about it and I was thinking about the CFOs and the CEOs of these companies and one day what they want to, to do. And for me, Disney, they're geniuses. Oh, yeah. Because the I, way I we talk about Disney all day. I love Disney. They, I don't know, I don't know the people at Disney. I don't, I don't know who is the CEO or the CFO, but apparently they do know how to, how to grow a company based off characters, based off content. Mm-hmm. And I think that in gaming, I know you said forget about gaming, but I, I think that in gaming, when you see the CFO or the CEO of, I'm going to just name random things. But when you see, oh, the CFO of Uber is hired by Activision now. Right. There's a disconnection there. Right? Like, I, I mean, feel like there is. I, I, I wouldn't, I'm not an expert, but, but I would think that um, making profits or, or managing a company that's like, like Uber, it's way different mm-hmm. than entertainment. Mm-hmm. And... For me, why I mentioned Disney is because what they do with their content, with with their characters, and what their stories and, and you know Marvel, the, their movies, uh, Lion King, all the all those stuff, mm-hmm. they kind I feel like they understand that that the content that they have is what is going to drive people, is going to drive profits, not mm-hmm. selling more DVDs, mm-hmm. not selling more. But they're characters. Yeah. And I think that gaming companies have to understand that the only... Their their economy is their fans. Mm -hmm. It's not... That's a good point. You know, their economy is their fans. And and it's not about selling more stuff with microtransactions. That's not how they're going to grow. It's not about mobile. It's, it's not, not about, about jumping mobile. into mobile or forcing your it's way It's about in. creating fans. Yeah. And if they create fans, they're going to be profitable. Yeah. That's that's my way of thinking. I mean, I, I probably it's very simplistic because the business and the world is very complicated. But, but I don't know. I see the companies that are driven by the... By what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like creating fans and creating that that economy of fandom. You know, I can mention Santa Monica Studio with God of War. Right. I can mention Insomniac or all the Sony studios with their IPs or mm-hmm. their games. Right. 
I kind of feel they they understand this too. Yeah. And um, and they're doing great. Yeah. Uh, so, if you think about it structurally, though, if you think about the how the organization is laid out, um, I'm looking right now through Blizzard's job openings. Yeah. Something that I do every now and then just to kind of see what the hell they're doing or how they're hiring. So they have, just to give you some context, they're hiring right now one analytics research position. Okay. Uh-huh. Senior analyst, business and gameplay insights, World of Warcraft. That's a dream job for an analyst <laughs> that loves video games. I'll yeah. tell you right now. They're hiring 29 artists and animators. Okay. They're hiring one broadcaster and they're hiring 40 engineers. Okay. They're hiring 40 engineers. They're hiring one analyst. Okay. They're hiring 40 engineers. They're hiring one brand manager. Yeah. Okay. So do you see where I'm going with this? Like, I feel like, and I understand that (laughs) that the tech side of the business of the games are the heavy side, right? Because you have to do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of systems and the way things work and, um, you know, the, obviously the, the software development and, and, and the art and all that stuff is very um, complicated and, and nuanced, but who is keeping their finger on the pulse of the consumer? Okay. Yeah. You have a company that at one point had a massive customer service team. Okay. They had forums. They had game masters on the forums all the time, talking to their customers in real time. I could go out on a, on a forum. I'm talking about 10 years ago. Okay when World of Warcraft was in its heyday and customers were like involved. Yeah. Game developers were responding to you, okay? They didn't respond to everything, but they made their presence felt every now and then. You got a game developer like Ghostcrawler would go on there and say, well, the reason that we made this balance change or the reason we did this is fine. Now you have one guy, Ian has it cost us, who goes out, makes videos, you know, once a quarter and, and he covers all his bases. <laughs> and there's nobody there to, you know, to, to have that conversation because those forums don't exist anymore. They yeah. have forums now, but they're not, they're not even half as robust as the forums were before. Um, customer service from the perspective of, uh, I could call Blizzard and speak to them. Can't do that anymore. I could email them. I, I think you can still email them, but, uh, and they get back to you pretty quickly, but it's not the same system as it was before. My point being... You know, they did away with a lot of the stuff that made them who they are. And they've left a lot of customers feeling isolated. Yeah. And if you look at how they're going about the future of their business by just hiring more and more yeah. engineers, not to take anything away from the engineers because obviously they're the, 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 the heart and soul of all these games and, and the systems that they create. But who's asking the customers what they want? <laughs> who? And yeah. who's paying? You got, you're hiring one animal. Well, that's one thing. At Activision Blizzard, I was thinking now as you were speaking also that it's kind of a weird thing because we're talking about a developer that's also a publisher. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest disconnection is where you have a developer. Um, you know, usually developers are very passionate about their games. Mm-hmm. And that's what actually makes me happy about the Bungie and Activision separation is that I feel like Bungie can do way better um, without Activision uh, because the mentality of a publisher, like I was saying, it's just sales. It's just bring me money because I got to raise, 
raise the the uh, stocks right and shareholder profit yeah we gotta grow 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 how i don't give a shit right is, is it a good game a bad game i don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter right i just put micro, uh, the sales are not gonna make the the numbers microtransaction add more microtransactions um and i think that the publisher side of things is what you're saying that they're not listening they're yeah. not getting the data and they're not understanding i think developers do i think i don't know blizzard activision yeah. again but i think i feel like developers they actually probably they listen to their community and they listen to the but they have no power over over the publisher. over this publisher that's yeah. giving them the money to do the game yeah and then the publisher says you know what all the shit that you did just take it out and add this because we got to make more money yeah and today I see similar parallels in the music industry. Oh, and, and one thing I wanted to add to, I'm sorry I interrupted, but one thing is that these publishers make very bad deals with the with the developers. I mean, I was listening to a podcast and, and they were talking about this, like the, the kind of deals that these developers get proposed from publishers are really bad. Like... And and I don't remember who was it. I think it was. I don't remember who it was. It, it didn't have. It, it didn't even have to do with games. I was listening to podcasts about how this uh, the the guy from Five Guys mm -hmm. uh, grew Five Guys to be the biggest franchise, biggest growing franchise in America. So or in the world, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, but the thing is, I was and he was talking about investors. How he was looking for investors. And he explained how he will give, um, he will split the growth, not the profit, mm -hmm. because investors really make bad deals with, with because they will want to keep everything. Yeah, they want to keep all your money. It's and one thing that you learn really quickly in business school when they tell you if you want to start a business, yeah. try to start it yourself and and struggle at first. It's okay to struggle a little bit at first just to get it off the ground. Because if you go directly to a, an investor yeah. or an angel investor, they're going to want 40% of your business exactly. right off the bat. So you're going to make a bad deal. So then you get a, you get to give them money, yeah. basically. You got to pay to this publisher. It's Shark Tank, basically. So <laughs> Exactly. So then I would put myself in, a, in the position of a developer like, oh, shit, we have this game. We mm -hmm. spend this amount of money. And we gotta make this money, not because we gotta make the game profitable, but we gotta pay these guys back. We gotta pay this publisher back all their money. We gotta, if not, they're gonna just plug, I mean, close this shit like EA. Yeah. EA closes studios like, like nothing. Right. Right. So I think it's, it's a very bad relationship, especially now that there's so many indie. Publishers, Indeed. yeah. Well, not even publishers, developers that self-publish right? yeah. and they're very successful. Well, that's what I was going to say with the parallels to the music industry. It's like, what, what, what is the point of having a record label or having a record label publish your your your, your music anymore? That's it. It's just money. It's just right. Money. They have the money to do it. Um, the 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 difference is reach. So yeah, I can go out, create an album, create music, and try to get it out there and do the best I can. But I only have so much money to get my message out there yeah. across all these platforms where, yeah, the publisher is going to tell you, look, I already have an audience, right? And I already have all this money and we'll get you, we'll get you in front of, you know, 50 million people versus yeah. you trying to get out in front of 50,000, right? Yeah. So, and I get that, 
Um, but the same parallel with music is, you know, the publisher at the same time, the record label doesn't really care what the content is. Is it good? Does it sell? Yeah. You know, are people buying it? That like that's pretty. And much I think it. I think moving forward, I think things are gonna change a little bit. I mean, I did work for a little bit in the music industry. Right. Right. And um, and the the fact is that selling music is not profitable anymore. Right. You know what's profitable? Tours. Well, it's profitable for the artist. Right. And, and, and I mean, I don't know if, 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 if record labels do organize tours, or, but it's mostly the sales of the whatever the record label publishes because it's their catalog. They make profit off of that, sales of, of records and all that. The tour part of it is where the artist makes the money. Because it's it's the artist actually performing and yeah, all those things, the and the, the tickets yep. it's it's go it goes for the artist, the band, or whoever, and that's how they make money too. But um, the idea of you publishing a record and making money just because you're putting your music out there, like that's gone. No, does that exist? No, no, you can't. I do mean, it. if you're a major artist, yeah. But if you're no name games, oh exactly, song, <laughs> like how like me, we, yeah, I, I make my song. I have two albums on Spotify. Right? Have I made? Have something? you made any no. money? No, but I mean, of at the same not. time, if you wanted to, what would you do? You'd have to go to a record label. You'd have to go to a publisher. Of course. And say, look, I'm good. Listen to my shit. Yeah. Get it out there. But then they grab you by the balls. Right. And we're gonna take sixty percent to seventy yeah. percent. And maybe you don't want to be grabbed by the balls, or maybe you do, but you just don't want to make money that exactly. way you know you lose a lot of creative uh, freedom and you lose a lot of stuff so um so yeah so but it's interesting what's happening with the in in, in with gaming. gaming with gaming yeah um i i, I was trying uh, as you were speaking i was trying to make connections with the music industry it's very hard for indie indie now it's a genre but indie literally speaking independent musicians that don't have a record label to put themselves out there. It's very hard. I mean, it's basically, it's it's undo impossible basically. But gaming, would you say is? I think it's easier because you you only have this one place. Let's say on PC, where you got PS PlayStation Network, you got Steam, you got a few places you can publish your own game, and there, everybody's there, and everyone's there. So, and if you and if you're lucky. People will see your game, or if you have the right timing, or if you have the right marketing. Because yeah. remember, you got to do a lot of this stuff on your own. Uh, you, your game will be successful and might get picked up by a major publisher. Well, I, I do have Moss. to say, look, yeah, yeah. And um, this game uh, from Ninja Theory, I think it was. Um, um, Which one? Uh, the the one uh, with the crazy woman from uh, the Viking. I don't remember the name. Senua's Sacrifice? Oh, no, I, I never played um, that. Well, um, that game, is it, it was Ninja Theory, I think it's a studio, and it got bought by Microsoft recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, lately, I've been playing indie games, and they're really good. You've been playing Celeste? I played Celeste. Yeah. I finished Celeste. I loved Celeste. Uh-huh. Um, I love the soundtrack. Everything it it was nominated for Game of the Year, right? And recently, I played. And now uh, you know why. <laughs> yeah, 
And recently I played Gre uh, Greece. Oh, did you like it? It's so good. Yeah, I'm still playing Red Dead. Oh yeah, well, I'm still playing Red Dead. And I play, about and I play Overwatch. Yeah, I talk about Indians. <laughs> you know, and then I'm I, right. And I'm still playing Red Dead. I still play Overwatch and and, and Hearthstone. But yeah, I'm yeah. not playing. The, Moss is probably the only like indie to major publisher game that I've been playing. Yeah. Um, and I did get VR, so we're gonna have to do the VR episode. Yeah. But so on that note, right? That's what's happened so far in 17 days of this year. Um, well, no, there's more. Well, there's more. Yeah, there's a little bit more. There's there's Bethesda things that are driving me like uh, it's crazy. T what... Tell me what happened with Bethesda. Well, Bethesda, you we all know about Fallout seventy six. Right, was it was a this disaster. horrible thing. It right. was a disaster. I gotta admit, I the haven't played game of twenty eighteen. Oh, yeah. Like Some I went to the, like I don't know if I mentioned it in a previous episode, but. I went to a store to buy, to get it for a, a cousin of mine in DR. And uh, when I got there, there were, uh, all the copies were used. Right. All the copies. And <laughs> we're talking about probably less than a month after release. Right. And all the copies were used. And the, the girl told me everybody has been returning the game. Right. Um, anyhow, we all know what happened. It was a disaster. But there's more stuff happening still this year. Um, the most recent thing that happened was that, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, do you know what the developer room is? No, what is that? Well, apparently in, in the game, there's uh, something that's called the developer room that's for the developers test things okay. um, in the engine, Sounds the like game, there, and they have, well, the thing is that the developer room has everything, um, every single... Uh, weapon every single armor oh. even things that haven't been out yet because they're in development they're in development now that's live the developer room is not in a what would you a stage it's not gated or anything no like that. it's live and game and players discovered it oh shit so now there's people no way <laughs> getting shit in the developer's room and selling them on eBay get out of here yeah it's crazy. How much are the things going for? Have you seen? I've seen like 30 bucks. Whatever. It's still bucks. money. It reminds it's me of the Diablo money. auction house. You, that's <laughs> crazy. What is the developer room doing live? In the, I mean, you will always, at least in web development, you always get a staging um, environment where you stage things and test it. Right. And once they're done, you push it live. Right. But there's stuff there that you that don't hasn't push been like. tested, or hasn't <laughs> probably just been created, and you know, they're not even planning on making it live. So, you know? some yeah. things don't work, some things are broken, some things fuck up the game so that you don't push them out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So okay, that that's crazy. That's wow. fucking crazy. Um, yeah, so again, a lot of things already, a lot of chaos. Um, good news for us, though, as gamers, I think, um, for most things, other than for Blizzard, which I think is going through a bit of an identity crisis. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think. What will come out of this will be positive because a lot of this is gonna this is going to motivate them to have a lot more self reflection, I yep. think, um, and figure out what is working for them, what isn't working for them. Maybe maybe look take a page from your history and look in the past and see what worked. Um, for Bethesda, it's not about looking in the past. We've been we've been we've had twenty five different versions of Skyrim. We need something new, right? We need something different. So Skyrim you know, for Game Boy. Skyrim for Game. Yeah, it's gonna be you know uh, they're gonna. I don't even want to talk about Skyrim. Skyrim for you know what I did I for bought Apple Skyrim, Watch. I bought Skyrim for VR. You know that, right? I told yeah, you, yeah, and yeah. I've been swinging swords around and shit, and it's fun. 
Um, so that leads me to to uh, the next the next topic, which is Skyrim for Google Glass. Skyrim for mobile. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> Skyrim for the i the iTunes Store. You know, it's like what are we gonna <laughs> fucking do with Skyrim next? Um, you all have phones, don't you? That's <laughs> doing a, 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 a whole fucking TED talk on it. Um, so uh, I think uh, one thing that we can look forward to in 2019, and this is just kind of like a no brainer as you think about where all the games are today. And this is, you know, even making a joke about mobile games, you're going to see what is called like a seamless cross-play experience. So imagine the same game. So imagine just Diablo, right? Yeah. On PC. Yeah. On mobile. Diablo yeah. on mobile, okay? Yeah. Not Immortal. Well, Diablo on mobile. Diablo. Well, yeah, you say mobile Switch or mobile phone? <laughs> on Switch, on phone. On, okay. on Xbox, on PlayStation. And everybody can play. And everyone can play together, together yeah. at the same time. Like I'm sitting You think that's going to happen this year? I think we're already going to start seeing a lot of that this year. And I think that it's going to be even more interesting when you when you throw the VR people in with the rest of the team. Oh, that would be awesome. Because that's going to be insane. Um, hmm. And I so I, I, feel like, I feel like that's the future of, of some of these games. Um, again, mobile PC console with a single build. Um... You're going to see games designed for virtual reality, augmented reality, mobile console, and PC to play together in the same game session. Do you think that VR this year is going to take off completely? Like, I know VR is out and there's a lot of games, but it's not, still it's not like this mainstream thing like we thought it was going to be four or five years ago. Yeah, I honestly think that um, the biggest issue with VR right now is the fact that there are a lot of people... Okay, so PlayStation sold a million PR, uh, PR, VR sets last year. Okay, maybe more than that. But who the fuck is, who, who the fuck is playing them? You know? Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't have a window into that. I can put Twitch on right now and I can tell you, you know, there's 300,000 people playing Fortnite. There's, you know, 500,000 people playing. Yeah. So until <clears throat> VR gets to the point where we can stream it like vr streaming becomes a thing or, or a bigger thing and and we can you know jump into the experience with people yeah it, we're, we're not there yet so it's still not mainstream you know okay being able to share that experience is is a big deal i think um and yeah. honestly makes if, sense if, if you watch people play vr it's a lot of fun i think we had this conversation before um, my wife can, and you know, God bless her. She sits there and watches me fumble around with super hot <laughs> and get my ass kicked in Skyrim. And she cracks up because she's just, you know, and then I throw the headset on her and I watch her do a bunch of things. And, and it's just fun to watch people, you know, play VR. So that's, I mean, that's the future. That's the future. Imagine the VR Twitch channel. Like it's coming. It's going to happen. Hmm. So yeah. for me, there's got to be a bridge there's there. VR porn. There's VR porn. There's all kind of, yeah, there's all kinds of VR shit that's out there. You know, so it's just a matter of bringing it all together. Yeah. You know, maybe No Name Games will be the first streaming VR podcast. Podcast. Who knows? We're going to have... So people are going to feel like they're sitting with us here? Right. So we're, That's interesting. Yeah. So like we'll, 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 uh, we'll stream it and anyone can sit in the room with us and just kind of have a conversation with us. How cool would that be? That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, if we had an audience, it would be great. First of all. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, audience of, of, of two. Um, but yeah, so I think that's what's going on with VR. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but... Um, um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, I think VR needs... It's, 
the biggest problem with VR, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is how isolated it is with the user, the gamer. Like, mm -hmm. it's not really an experience. I, I, I know you're saying that people, I mean, your wife sits down with you, but she's not really getting the full experience. Yeah. I think. yeah. Like, when we play games, mm -hmm. um, like regular games, and yeah. I sit next to you and you're playing, I don't know, Overwatch. Mm -hmm. I'm looking exactly at what you're looking at. Right. And, you know, we're sharing a closer experience, but VR is so personal. Yeah. I think that when VR becomes something that it can be shared somehow, not only like streaming and all those kind of things, but in the same room, because uh, I've never seen that kind of stuff like, you know, me, you and me here with a VR set and we yeah. look at each other and we do s something together. Right. And I think that they've already, uh, there's already a couple programs out there like that. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Like there's um, uh, NFL Experience, I think, has a, has a program where we can sit on a couch together and watch a football game. You see that? That's really cool. And that's really cool. And I think they've, they've put out a couple commercials about it already. Are or there NBA multiplayer games that are VR? Uh, yeah, there should be already. Like, like, we meet in a, you know, in this virtual world or something. I, you know, we have Man, to look into VR it a MMO. More. We have to, VR MMO would kill it, would <laughs> kill everything. That's why, you know, the future is going to be a VR MMO. But there, in Japan already, there's a, there are a lot of virtual streamers. Okay. So I think that we need to look across the pond to see what's going on over there and see how they're kind of tackling it. Yeah. And maybe, you know, VR streamers will start to take off here. I'll tell you what, you want to make a, a name for yourself in streaming right now? You're not going to make a splash with Fortnite. You're not going to make a splash with PUBG. You're not going to start doing some virtual reality streaming, you know, and start putting it out there with some popular VR games. Yeah. I think that that's got to be... Well, I think that's the, the biggest problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I was saying, like, what I was saying was, like, sharing and all these things, and we can play it. Yeah. But all of that, in the long term, or and in an overview of all of that, it, it, I end up with one thought, and it's the content. We need content. Well, yeah. And when you say the most popular game, for example, I, I, I have no clue about popular games in VR. Right. I know the new Tetris VR thing. I know yeah. Skyrim, Doom right. VR, but a big amount of games that yeah. are popular that I, I I don't know any of that. Well, that's exactly why I think it's an opportunity because maybe... But do you think there's enough content? Well, okay. So the way I see it is there aren't really that many great VR games out there right now. Yeah. Right? Like I, I talk about Super Hot because I think it's great. And yeah, Skyrim is one, Doom is another one, Beat Saber is another one, Tetris is another one, Moss is another one. You know, you have a lot of games out there already, but people just still have a lot of questions about what the fuck VR looks like and what does it do. So in streaming VR, yeah, that's where you're going to build your audience. You're going to show people what it is. You're going yeah. to start showing people how to, how, how to play. And, and because there aren't that many games, it's not that hard to pick a one or two of the more popular ones and say, I'm just going to... You know, I'm going to stream super hot, you know, and I think with VR, it's going to be different. I think you're going to have to have like a stream team and I'm going to copyright that term <laughs> because obviously I can't see the chat if I'm playing. Right? Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'm going to have to have like a, like, somebody, a, like somebody that's yeah. monitoring the chat, you know, 
Um, and it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be it's interesting. It's interesting, yeah. We're brainstorming here. We are. This is a, hey, this is No Name Games, man. We don't have any qualms about brainstorming and pushing the envelope at all. Um, some other things that uh, that we could think about in the future, at least for this year, for 2019, um, that uh, esports are going to be designed, I think, for both players and non-players. So, so we're, we're getting to a place where... I, and I did this. I went to Buffalo Wild Wings. And, you know, I also had the tickets to the Heat game to see the Overwatch players. Now, I didn't get to go see Florida Mayhem, unfortunately, because I was sick. But wow. I talked to JM, who went, and he told me, yeah, there, were, there was a huge line for people to see what they were doing. And people were just sitting down watching them play. People That's that so had cool. gone to see the Heat game, yeah. you know, that were Heat fans were like, what's going on over here? And they're watching the esports game while a basketball game is happening. You know, it's like, <laughs> I would have never thought in a thousand years that I yeah. would see that. Um, and I still didn't see it. JM told me about it. So I'm still waiting to see it. But that's two things. Or either people are really interested yeah. in what was happening there in the game and, yeah. and all that. Or... The basketball game was really bad. <laughs> I think it's probably a combination of the, of the two. Actually, the game was good because I got to see the game on TV. And it was, it was okay. actually a really exciting game. Here's the ticket. Is the game exciting enough for you whether you're a gamer or not? Oh, okay. Makes sense. Is it? Does it get... You know, games are emotional, right? When you watch a basketball game, you don't need to really know all the rules. You just need to know that this guy just dunked on this other guy. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. You know, you see a, a wide receiver go up for an incredible catch. You see a baseball player hit a home run or make a great play. You, you can appreciate it as a human. You know I what I'm saying? I have a question. Yeah, I have an answer. Uh, or maybe uh, that's another question. Since we're brainstorming here, is there a EMBA league? Yes, there is. PlayStation e has an EMBA league and players... ENFL? NFL has a league too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they're growing. They're growing. It's just not as exciting to watch pixels hit pixels. It's more exciting well, I, to watch I'm humans. Gonna, I'm gonna, I, I think that watching, because you know this game's like NBA 2K. Yeah. You can create your own character. Right. You can have your own story. Mm -hmm. And you can actually play, I think, with your character. You can play online with other Yeah, players. you can. I think so, yeah. Um, and maybe, I'm not sure if that's possible, but let's say... Let's say that's a possibility. I mean, it's the same thing as watching a game. Yeah. But here's the difference. The graphics are so realistic. It's kind of... Right. But, <laughs> but you know that nobody's in danger. You, and there's an element of danger in a guy going up to dunk on someone else. There's adrenaline. There's an element of danger when a guy goes up for a pass in the middle of a field because yeah, he can yeah. get hit by mm -hmm. any... You know, so I almost feel like the the successful esports games are the ones that are going to to show that element of humanity and and magnify it how how that's going to happen i have no idea yeah. you know but you think this year that's going to i think this year we're going to start to see more uh more our audiences grow esports audiences grow with people that are not just uh gamers that are people that are just like oh that looks like a cool game and i'll give you another example like racing games Yeah. Um, you know, may, maybe, uh, maybe we'll see an audience, a bigger audience for, for games like that, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a race and, but again, the fun part of watching NASCAR is these are real life people in these yeah. cars that are hauling ass 200 miles an hour around a curve 
it's dangerous. Yeah. It's the thrill. It's the Colosseum. It's the thumbs up, thumbs down, off with his head type of type of thing. You know, there's something inherently inside of us as humans that loves competition. Yeah. And loves that uh, that rush. And until esports e games can provide that, I don't think. But watching it. I'm saying watching it. That's what I'm saying. Watching it. Yeah? You yeah. feel that when you watch a game? I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, no. A, a real life one. game, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Because I, I know. Because I... Okay. So maybe um, as uh, growing up in this country and watching a lot of baseball and football and basketball, it's impressive to me. You know, I feel like there is... Uh, you know, you're in an arena, especially if you go to watch a Heat game. You know, you're in an arena. You're feeling the buzz well, yeah, yeah. of thousands you've got of to people. Watch it, yes, but that's what I watching mean. on TV a be- a basketball game. Well, if I'm watching have... on TV a, 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 a an an NBA 2K game. game, yeah, it's is there a big difference? Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It's still different. Okay, and and I think the difference is that is that uh, is the human element, and I don't know. Um, maybe it will take us getting into the you know the whole. Uh, Re- uh, ready Player One suit and, and watching us get hurt physically. You I'm know? too fat for that suit. No, man. No, man. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. The holidays were good to me, too. What um, do you think... Uh, what else do you think is going to happen this year? So, uh, one of the other topics that we had here was... Um, so, as far as gaming subscription models... Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gaming subscription models. Yeah. So like right now, like gaming what? is yeah. So right now, gaming is like completely dominated by free to play. Like what you said, free to play microtransactions. Yeah. Just okay. get you in the game, and we'll figure out a way to tax you, like Assassin's Creed. Um. Well, not Assassin's Creed. I would say Fortnite. Right. Assassin's Creed charged me sixty bucks, and then made my game very slow, so I paid more bucks for a boost but right but that's i think but that's just you that's unfair i think it's totally unfair but when you see fortnite it's completely free it's a full game that you don't necessarily have to buy anything basically i mean because everything you buy is cosmetic right um you can just not buy anything and play and enjoy the game sure um so and i think gamer gaming developers are realizing that they're they're losing a lot of money on that model that's just my perspective well fortnite is not losing money at all i know actually they're making a lot of money (laughs) okay so but how long do you think fortnite's gonna last well i mean they're gonna reinvent yeah of course they're gonna come up with maybe a fortnite 2 or maybe uh, a new map or maybe different maps yeah i mean there's things they gotta keep doing because the game as of today is not gonna last forever right i mean every game has that that problem um look at halo look at I mean, every single game out there, they have to reinvent, they have to come up with new versions, but the model is, for them, it's really working. Yeah, and I think Fortnite is, a, is an exception. Regardless of, of, of if I will buy something or not, regardless of that, I don't even play Fortnite, but it seems fair. It's kind of fair. I mean, we're going to put here a lot of microtransactions. Right. Um, but, and we're going to make, you know, we're going to put a a whole store of things for you to buy. Here it is. But the game is completely free. Right. It's very different when you get a game that is 60 bucks. Um, 
even more if you buy special editions or collector's editions. And then you get into the game and like Battlefront, you have to actually buy things in order to progress your story or, right. to, or to be good at the game. Right. It's completely unfair. Yeah, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like before games were free to play and they oh, were okay. subscription based. I'm sorry. Like, wow. I went on a rant. There. No, no, no. But but that's <laughs> another. Okay, so we can. So there's three avenues. There's the buy the game for sixty bucks, and there's still things you need to buy, right? Yeah, I don't like. There's free to play, uh huh, and you just have microtransactions. I'm okay with that. And then there's subscription based. You pay four dollars a month, five dollars a month. And you have everything. That and you comes have out. everything that you need that comes out, and you just subscribe to the game. And as the game goes and it grows, you continue to. Yeah, they launch an expansion every two years, and you'll have to pay 30, 40 bucks for that. But as far as everything else goes, you get all the content. Yeah. So I feel like because that was so successful for for Blizzard and for Activision for such a long time, and still is honestly part of the reason why they've had that cash cow going forever. Yeah. Um, I feel like companies will. I feel like it's just a, a matter of time before companies go back to that. It works in every other industry. They're actually it works having... for iTunes. It works for Netflix. It works yeah. for just subscription gaming as a service. Like what we talked yeah, about that's way what I was back. Say. Right? That's the future, I think. That's at least the future of... And I don't mean it like, you know, 20 years from now, 10 years from now. This year, we'll see yeah. games go back to that. Well, my thing... I, I, I agree with that. But... I would not like to have a complete replacement of free to play. all of the games. Not free to play, but I would like... I mean, these games that are gaming, gaming as a service, that's fine. Um, that model might work. Mm -hmm. And I will... I mean, it's fine. I, I will pay if I like the game, like Destiny. There's been conversation about Destiny doing that. Um, uh, instead of... Having the microtransactions and all that in the game have a, that subscription model, but I will. I wouldn't want all every single game to, <laughs> to have a subscription model because yeah. I don't want to. Every single game that I play, I don't want to pay a subscription for. Right now, <clears throat> um, off of that thought, what if you actually? Um, what if this whole streaming thing gets going? And what you pay is the subscription, like Netflix. Yeah. I mean, what you pay on Netflix is the subscription to have access to the content. To the streaming content. So yeah. what if it's the streaming service of the games, which is growing. Yeah. And when 5G comes out, I mean, I'm pretty sure that game streaming is going to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, with 5G. If you guys don't know 5G... Um, it's some it's you know it's the new technology of communication 1g was i think just talking 2g was talking and texting 3g was fast internet 4g was faster internet with all that 5g is the next step in communication and it's going to be like ex something incredibly fast and right. it has no latency at all it's on an extremely extremely <laughs> fast high frequency yeah it basically goes right through <coughs> metal walls and, yeah. and concrete walls so no latency at all and no latency yeah so i saw verizon yeah. testing it in, in a house oh, yeah? yeah and That's like they, so they they had the equipment inside the house and they put all these walls up around it 
to, and then they put receptors outside to stress test it. And it was like, the signal was like perfect. And I'm like, wow, man. And <laughs> that's, that's a phone. Crazy. Yeah. That's a phone. So forget that's about crazy. your Wi-Fi now. It's going to make it way Exactly. Better. So the problem with, with streaming right now is, especially in competitive, is that there's a latency, right? Yeah. There's, there's this thing that you hit a button and, you know, half a second later is that things happen. Right. Um, and the broadband issue, there's still right. there's many areas in the world and in this country where internet is not as fast. But right. anyhow, but what if that's the model? You have a publisher that streams games and based off the popularity or the hits or the plays of certain games, mm -hmm. then that's how the revenue, I don't know, I'm just brainstorming here. Then maybe it's not a subscription per game, but per service of a bunch of games. And and with we do have that now, like PlayStation Now, and we have the Xbox option of that. Right. I think that um um on PC, how do you call it? I have Discord in my head, but it's not Discord, it's um the PC um <laughs> launcher. The store. The PC um, Steam, 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 Steam. Oh yeah, of Steam. I think uh, does have. Uh, I was like Discord. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I had Discord. Thing is, I, I associate things in my head with colors, and they have similar colors. Um, but Steam has the streaming service, I think, too, of gaming of games. Yeah. Um, anyhow, I think it's it's a yeah. I think it's a sustainable uh, model. Um, I wouldn't. Wa I would like to still have my single player games. That I pay sixty bucks for and get a complete experience with my sixty bucks, mm -hmm. and then if I want to buy DLCs, I get them. But it's a full-on experience that I don't have to, you know, spend more money on it, and it it fully works. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's I, I was I would still want to keep that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so two more things for yeah. this year, okay? And I and and these are this one is actually. One that I think is more feasible in the short term. And the second one, and the last one, I think is it's still a work in progress. But we're going to see a lot of a lot of more innovation in, uh, in real-world gameplay. So, like, we saw Pokemon Go, right? And oh, Pokemon yeah. Pokemon Go was really wildly successful. And a lot of other games came after that. Um, there was a Jurassic Park game. And yep. then there was the Ghostbusters game. And then there was the Walking Dead game. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there was a Walking that. Dead game. So, Walking Dead Alive or something like that. You capture zombies or what? You run from zombies. Oh, you run? You walk away from <laughs> zombies and you, and you well, kill zombies. Well, because Jurassic Park was similar to Pokemon. Right, where you're finding Ghostbusters was like was, was capturing ghosts. Capturing ghosts. So, <laughs> I think, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to, you definitely don't want the zombies to touch you, but you want to cap, you want to yeah, yeah. destroy them. Um I think more there will be more innovation from AR. That. Right? Yeah, I think there'll be more innovation, not just from AR, but more uh, real world type yeah. of uh, innovation for for gameplay. That's the the one thing I will say. And then the 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 last thing um, in terms of of what I feel is going to take off a little bit more in twenty nineteen is really totally dependent on what happens with blockchain. But I feel like you will see the first IP game that uses blockchain to trade in-game assets or to mm. purchase in-game assets which will be really interesting yeah to see a game that uses blockchain technology <laughs> you got my attention so 
I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what kind of game it's going to be. It could be Monopoly, you know, which would be hilarious because, uh, you know, it's it's actually about um, creating an empire. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I just feel like because both of these things exist almost in the same universe. Exactly. It's just a no-brainer before somebody goes, oh, look at this. We can create a game where every, all the assets are traded on blockchain. And by the way, this is our new blockchain currency. Yep. You, I mean, you're talking about a gold mine almost. Yeah. In a world, basically. Yeah. That's very interesting. Like, imagine Second Life or whatever exactly. the game is traded on and everything you buy, your job, your currency um, is just blockchain. I don't know. I just feel like it, it's one thing that nobody's really talking about, but it would be really interesting to see. But do you think that that's something that's going to happen in 2019 when nobody's talking about it? I think that it's a it's just a, a prediction because I it's a hopeful thing. I feel like we're <laughs> at the point where either people really start to buy into cryptocurrency or start to say, you know, this yeah. was great, but it and again, it's not going anywhere. So even if people don't buy into it or don't believe in it, it's it's already been created. Yeah. Right? So there. the currency exists and it's there. Yeah. So whether games come around to it or not this year or next year, I think it's only a matter of time. Oh wow. Nice. Which will be scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But interesting. But interesting. Yeah. Because it's a whole new kind of way of creating an economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've seen uh, those kind of things in MMOs, like yeah. they're having their own economy and people are actually making money off of it, but not Absolutely. crypto, but, but not crypto, know, real so. money and shit. That's interesting. I gotta say that for this year, I don't, I don't have that many stuff to add, mm -hmm. but I do think that 2019 is a year for indie games. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, we've seen them for a while now, yeah. but the level. I don't know. Maybe this is just personal, yeah. but I, like I told you, I, I've, I've been playing indie games lately. Uh, the, the the latest three games that I've played have, have been indie games, being Hollow Knight, Celeste, and and um, and Greece. Um, and they're so good. And I know I, I kind of feel like. Am I going to become, because I've been streaming them and I've been talking uh, on my YouTube channel. Uh -huh. um, by the way, my YouTube channel is FCOS Plays. If you want to uh, follow me and subscribe to my channel on YouTube, I talk about games and music there. Um, so, you know, being FCOS Plays games and FCOS Plays music. And FCOS so, Plays. I actually kind of make uh, one video of music, one video of try to make one music, one, one game. gaming. Cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, subscribe to my channel on YouTube. It will be very helpful uh, for the two or three guys that are listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, I, I was asking myself, hmm, am I going to become, can I become like this indie games YouTuber? Because I'm really liking them. Yeah. And there's no bullshit about, you know, this whole thing of expectations and no. and complications and microtransactions. And these massive and the publishers, is, these massive, massive games that yeah. are very buggy because they're so fucking huge and, complicated. and, and yeah. complicated. You know, indie games, this indie games that I've been playing, I mean, you press one button for the entire game and that's it. And that's you, fine. You jump. That's fine. And that's it. That's perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating. That's, no, it's a little bit like Celeste, a little bit. But you dash and you jump. That's, that's it. That's it. And then there's this whole entire world that yeah. 
it's great. It's amazing. And I'm, I'm like, I like the simplicity. I like this elegance in the game. So I think that indie games now have a, I feel like they have a, a huge momentum, mm -hmm. even bigger than before. Um, they're getting a lot of nominations. They're getting a lot of support. They're getting a lot of, of you know, um, recognition even recognition that's yeah. the word i'm looking for like a lot of people are talking more and more and more about these games and treating them as you know any other big game right you know celeste has been talked about like any other game has been talked about like yep. you know and those kind of things now other than that i have to add expectations on games like anthem like sure um, i mean jam's talking it up like it's the next best thing since sliced bread It looks really good. We we have you know yeah, limited amazing. experience. So obviously, we don't have like we don't have a, a testing a code or anything like that. But um, I don't think you know. I don't think I want to put too many expectations into it right now. And I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah, uh, I am disappointed <laughs> already. <laughs> uh, just because it's EA, right? Um, I I don't have EA has you know has disappointed me a lot. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle with EA. They've made a lot of great games that I have great memories of, but in the, that's in what the, in really the recent hurt. memory, that's that what really hurt me. Yeah. And that's what I said in one of my latest videos, uh, actually about talking about this same topic about expectations this year. And it really, I know I sound a little bit dramatic, but It really hurts me because these companies, the Ubisofts of the world, the EAs, the Activision, Blizzard, um, who else? I don't know. All these companies, they've given Bethesda. us so many good stuff. Bethesda. Yeah. They've given us so many good experiences, Rockstar. so many good games. You know, yeah. I... I I, I, I can talk about Blizzard. I remember Blackthorn. Yeah. I love those and games. And Lost Vikings. And when I played and when I played Warcraft for the first time, yeah. it was I mean this game these companies have gave us so many good games. Yeah. And and we purchased them. But we, we, we put paid we, and for we, those but we games. put also a lot of time into we them. We put and a, a lot, lot of love, time, love, blood, sweat, and tears. And into now these we're games. getting from them I mean we've made them these huge companies. And mm -hmm. now what we're getting from them is just crap. Yeah. And that really, you know, EA with me, it's, I, they already lost me. I mean, I, I'm really, really, really resistant to buying a game from EA. Well, you know, EA made their bones on platform, on, uh, on, um, console. Yeah. Okay. And I think that that's a good place to kind of wrap it up for us because that's one thing that I think if you would have asked us a couple of years ago, what the predictions were in the future, maybe... I would have said, I don't know, I feel like PCs are just going to take over and plop, yeah. and, and, and game consoles are just going to go away. But the truth is, consoles aren't going anywhere. Oh, no. as, as a matter of fact, because of what you said and what you just described with indie publishers having such great success with things like Celeste, it's only a matter of time before they end up on consoles. Oh, yeah. And, and gaming as a service in general has allowed a lot of games to exist beyond what their normal lifespan would be. Well, so let's you can buy it already everywhere. Right, right. Um, but but I mean, like, uh, other examples of indie games like that yeah. were, that will just be pushed out to platforms yeah. all over. And then, you know, once you have them on your console, you know, the whole gaming as a service uh, idea means we'll continue to add content. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think it's great. I think it's great that we, in today's age, we have so many options as gamers. Yeah, 
Are we pissed at all these developers that we grew up with as kids because we feel like they forgot about us yeah. or they're not listening to us anymore? Yeah, but it's also like, you know, your parents, you know, like, you know, it's like a relationship you have with your parents sometimes where you're like, you know, you're not listening to me or they're not listening to you. And it's like, you still love them, you know, and, and, and they want the best for you and you want the best Deep for them. Deep inside, there's hope. Yeah. Deep inside, there's hope somewhere. There's that still will... this. I mean, with that, though, I, I got to admit, like, yeah. there's this little thing it, inside yeah. that it's, to, it's hoping for the game to be great. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, I still have that, that inside. So, and you know what? I didn't have any expectations for uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I yeah. didn't look at any gameplay videos. I tried as hard as I could to not watch, uh, you know, beta videos or, or do any of the of the uh, the trial runs with all these guys publishing stuff. And then I just, and I remember I told you, bro, I'm just going to buy it. Yeah. And I'm just going <laughs> to play it. I don't care. And it's been such a great experience not knowing anything about it and just, because there's people that have told me, oh, you know, Spider-Man's better. Like my, one of my, one of my best friends, Nick. Yeah. He has both and he's played both and beaten both and he's like Spider-Man's a way better game. And um you know in a lot of ways it probably is, but I just like the fact that I wasn't kind of uh like I don't know, swayed one way or another. I'm just enjoying this uh time of being able to put on my VR headset, play Super Hot, take it off, go play Red Dead for yeah. a little bit whatever, go to Overwatch, play two games. Play some Hearthstone on my mobile phone. So many, get on my Switch. So play some games. Diablo. Bro, like we are living in like gaming, like fantasy world. You know, sometimes I don't play games because I can't decide which one. Of them. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> I mean, how many times did I tell you, bro? I'm gonna play Celeste, and then I get home and I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know, it happens so, to me. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, uh, first world problem. First world no name games problems. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, good stuff. So uh, thanks for joining us on our podcast today. Yep. Next week, we're actually going to have Alan back, our um, our uh, Zambler, our uh, our Farah our Overwatch eSports athlete. Um, his buddy Chris is going to be joining us too. So we're going to do a, another um, kind of like just a, uh, a, a podcast on where we feel that eSports is going. So we talked a little bit about eSports today, um, but... If you wanted to go watch esports, where would you go? You know, would you go to Buffalo Wild Wings? Would you go to, uh, you know, that's the one place that I know, but apparently these guys know of a bunch of places. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. that's cool. Doing these events um, like the Miami Heat did. Like I talked to them about it. They're like, yeah, they do these all the time. I'm like, well, it would, I think it'd be good to have a podcast to figure out what does the esports landscape look like. And we and we can talk about this new event that's happening here in uh, Miami about the... There's a this championship or something that's basically not focused on one game, but it's a bunch of different. It's games. a bunch of different yeah. games. It's very interesting. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna add it in the description of the of the uh, of the of this episode, so yeah. you guys can check it out. Cool. Um, but yeah, it, it would be very interesting to talk about that with those guys. Yeah. So we'll get them in here. We'll pick their brains a little bit more. Uh, but it feels good to be back. Oh, yeah. So 2019 is looking good already. Um, so, you know, keep playing games. And Go Bungie. Keep having fun. Go Bungie. <laughs> Do your thing, buddy. <laughs> Peace Don't out. Disappoint. Don't disappoint. Peace out. Bye.